Howdy, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kring in Seattle, and apparently there is a full moon. Maybe that's partly why I feel uh, kind of intense right now. I'm a Scorpio, born October 25th, 1968, just recently turned 51, saw Joker on my birthday, love that movie, it's a masterpiece for about 20 or 30 different reasons. Uh, I resonate with that movie in so many ways. Not that I think violence is ever a solution to any problem. In fact, violence only makes things worse. Um, But I just uh, related to the empathy and the compassion I felt for the characters in the Joker or Joker, not the Joker, but Joker. But that's a whole nother story. Um, Recently, I had a setback. Uh, My life has been going really well. I haven't recorded anything in a while. Maybe it's been a month. I don't know how long. How long has it been? Um, Thank you for anybody who listens. I'm not sure how many people actually listen to what I say, but in case anybody listens, I record and I also record this for myself. Thankfully, I don't feel at all suicidal. Um, I have felt suicidal off and on throughout my lifetime since the age of 15, but that's more like an escape fantasy and I have never acted upon it. I'm only saying that just to be honest about how negative I feel at times when I feel like I don't belong here. Um, But today... Uh, I've been actually really, really, really busy. One of my things is that most people suffer some form of trauma when they're a little kid or as an adult. Literally, war veterans suffer trauma when they go to combat or when they're in the military and they go through traumatic experiences. And that's uh, the classic kind of post-traumatic stress disorder. Usually when people say that, that's what they mean. But post-traumatic stress actually can affect people, um, little kids, uh, people who go through physical abuse or neglect, people who are attacked, or people who go through, you know, a car accident or an earthquake or any kind of traumatic event, whether it's psychological or physically dangerous to somebody. As a child, I went through certain things with my mom getting married and divorced and moving in with boyfriends who were abusive to her. Um, and that was not the main part of my childhood because my mom is a very intelligent person and she's an artist and she's into philosophy and so she's got great wisdom. But at the same time, she got married several times and we moved around and we had financial instability. Um, so today, I modeled for an art class And I had a good time modeling, although modeling is physically demanding and a bit uncomfortable at times, but I have a lot of patience and I've done it for 27 years. One of my coping mechanisms, that's what I was going to say, is a a lot of people that go through trauma uh, end up with an addiction and usually it's to drugs or alcohol um, or some kind of compulsion like that. And that's a way of coping with whatever emotions you have. And maybe you want to numb out from those feelings. I don't do that. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I've never been into any kind of drugs. In fact, quite the contrary. I'm very much afraid of smoking, drinking drugs. All of it scares me. Uh, I'm too sensitive for that. I've just never, I never felt safe doing that. It's not an escape mechanism for me. So I don't understand that, uh, but I can understand why people turn to drugs and alcohol to make themselves, to self-medicate, basically, but that doesn't work for me. But what I relate to on the addiction front is I'm a workaholic. The way I feel safe 
And the way I escape from painful feelings is to work, is to work constantly. Like part of me has a fear of scarcity. The truth is I, li- I have a really cheap lifestyle. And so on paper, I'm low income. But financially, I'm doing just fine because I live so cheap and I work so much that I'm actually kind of like a middle class kind of person. Uh, I have um, I have health insurance, I have reasonable rent, and I have more than enough work because I'm freelance and I work at literally 20 different places, like several different art schools and, and a few different medical schools. And I'm constantly being asked to come and work. And my schedule constantly changes and I get sudden jobs, which is kind of stressful, but I'm kind of addicted to it. And so I love being the person that they call at the last minute And I save the day because I show up and I model when somebody else cancels. A lot of times they book me way in advance, which I prefer. uh, But I also don't mind it if they call me and I'm the emergency replacement. But I I don't want to discount my talent and my ability as a really good art and medical model. When I say medical model, I act out being a patient with a script, physical symptoms, which are fictitious and based on another real person, but not me. And then the student has to practice at talking to the patient and guessing what's wrong and coming up with a a treatment plan and three possible diagnoses. That's fascinating. And the other kind of medical modeling is physical exams, breast exams, gynecological exams, head-to-toe exams, checking your vital signs, checking your lymph nodes, all of that kind of stuff, your eyes, ears, nose, throat, all of that kind of stuff. I'm fascinated by medicine. I'm really proud of myself as an art and medical model, and so I don't want to discount that and just say I'm a workaholic because I love my job. I enjoy it. Um, that's very positive and productive and very practical because I'm an artist. And instead of trying to make a living with my art, which I find stressful, I decided and not as not enough freedom for me to do the kind of art that I want to do, whether it sells or not. So my solution was to become a model because models get paid. And so it was a practical decision for me to be an art model. And then I found out about medical modeling And I'm fascinated and I do care about the work that I do and I do it because it's a practical way to make a living and it's also creative and I enjoy it. So I do it for those, all of those reasons, but I will say that I'm a little bit out of balance. I tend to work six or seven days a week. Sometimes I work 12 days in a row with no days off, which is fine, except I I work so hard, I become very tired And I really don't have time to do much of anything except eat, sleep, exercise, take care of my cat, see my boyfriend maybe once or twice a week. That's all I have time for. I I cram my schedule so full of work and I do it partly, I know, to, to try to feel good, to feel like I'm useful to others and I belong somewhere. And I know that's part of my workaholism is to avoid feeling lonely, to avoid feeling left out to avoid uncomfortable feelings that I have uh, because of my self-esteem. You know, in some ways I'm very confident, in some ways I'm very insecure. So I, I relate, and I recently saw a documentary about Elvis Presley, and I could relate to the fragility of him and his inability to say no 
and yet his talent and his kind of wild energy. And so not to compare myself to Elvis Presley, that sounds really silly, doesn't it? Um, but I'll say that the archetype of an artist who's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, Elvis, you know, Elvis is like the Wizard of Oz. And then the insecure little boy that he always kind of was, you know, the more fragile side of him was like the man behind the curtain. And so me, Goddess Kring, or, you know, the strong, stoic art model who works with medical students and is so brave and strong and hardworking, that's the stoic part of me that is very strong and can take care of herself. And then there's the more fragile part of me that's very insecure and is afraid of her own feelings and afraid of really getting to know herself. So what triggered me today? Well, there's two things. Recently, my dryer broke and I have a really nice landlord. And But my, dry, my landlord just went on vacation for like a week and a half um, and so basically I need to just kind of tough it out for a week and a half without a dryer. And thankfully I have a washing machine that still works just fine. So I can wash my clothes and then air them to dry or go to my friend's house and use, you know, my boyfriend has a nice dryer that I can borrow. So it's fine. No big deal. But it triggered me into remembering what it was like to be a 10 year old at one point, my mom and I lived in the San Diego suburbs, and then when I was nine, we abruptly moved and lived in our car, and then we lived in, my mom bought land and property on Whidbey Island, and we lived in a trailer, which sounds kind of rustic, you know, we camped out, but the thing is, I was used to the San Diego suburbs, and I just remember feeling really cold and scared, and it was scared of the dark, and I, at one point, I had lice in my hair, and my mom and I did not, we were on a really low-income situation going on there. She's a single mother, uh, and she bought some land, and we were living in this trailer, and it was just really cold, and there was mold, and we had these, like, mildew things that we had to hang from the ceiling that would absorb the, the moisture. And so I was just really freaked out. Uh, I missed my dad and my school and my grandparents, and I missed the warm San Diego weather. I was just kind of in shock that we were living in this cold, damp trailer in the dark, and I had lice. And you know, all little kids probably get lice, right? But we lived in a trailer, and we didn't have enough hot water. And so I remember getting the special lice shampoo with my mom and trying to get the lice out of my head because I was all itchy and it was gross. And we got the shampoo and then we ran out of hot water and my mom had to run to the stove and boil more water and I was shivering and I was really cold and uncomfortable. Uh, it's not like we were homeless. I'm really grateful that my mom and I were never actually literally homeless but I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel comfortable and I was stressed out and I really missed my, my, the rest of my family. I, I was with my mom. I love my mom. I had no brothers, no sisters. I'm an only child. But I just remember how uncomfortable I felt. And the dryer breaking just reminded me of that feeling of, of being at the mercy of other people. You know, like when you're a little kid and you really are at the mercy of the adults around you. And you have to kind of just uh, go along with whatever the adults decide that you're going to do. So we had to live in this trailer Then we ended up moving in with one of my mom's boyfriends and he ended up being a jerk. And just my mom dated some men that were just not very nice people. And she got married a few times and divorced a few times. And it was just really stressful. And so my, my dryer breaking, my landlord is going to come back from vacation and he's either going to have it fixed or get me a new one and it's going to be fine and everything will be fine with that. 
but it just kind of triggered me into feeling like helpless and uncomfortable. And then today, I had a, um, because I have a cat, I don't turn my electric heat on in my apartment because he likes the window to be cracked open for him and to get fresh air. So the way I keep warm is when I crack the window for my cat, I don't turn my electric heat on because that would be a waste. So what I do is I just huddle around a space heater. I have a little tiny space heater and an electric blanket, and that's how I stay warm. And then I just turn that off when I'm sleeping so I don't waste electricity uh, and I stay on a budget. But the thing is, Today I modeled and the lady that uh, I don't want to, you know, it, it, to maintain the privacy of the people I work for, I won't say anything about these people, just that this this person shared that her mother, who is in her 90s, is starting to uh, go through dementia, and so she doesn't remember who her daughter is, and she's like, where's my daughter? And she has to say, I'm your daughter. And she just described how challenging it is to take care of her elderly mother. And then it just triggered me into thinking about me being an only child. In my 20s, I had an abortion because I got pregnant with a man who wanted to have a kid with me, but he was polyamorous and he wanted to go be a wild hippie and live in a commune. And I just was too scared to do that with him. I didn't feel safe. He didn't believe in marriage. I didn't want to quit my job. I was just too scared. I didn't want to be a single mother. And he's like, you don't have to be, a, you know, basically it's a long story, but I was too scared to have a child with this person. And then I never met another guy who I wanted to do that with because I was just too traumatized by having an abortion in the first place. Um, so I was just thinking about my mom had me and she wrote fuck suburbia on the garage door because that was her art studio and she was never into the whole suburban housewife thing. My mom is an artist into meditation and Eastern philosophy. So she never wanted to be a PTA mom or anything like that. So it's kind of like I inherited this tendency to feel like, you know, if I'm a mother, then I have to sacrifice, you know, I didn't, I don't want to neglect my kid. So I was afraid. I was just basically just terrified about being a mother. And now I'm 51. So now I'm like freaked out that I'm an only child and my parents are going to get old and pass away and I'll be all by myself. And I do have a boyfriend and he's older than me. So he'll probably pass away before me. So I have all these thoughts in my head about, me being by myself, and yet at the same time, I might even be a little bit autistic, and I kind of like being by myself most of the time, just me and my cat. I'm just having lots of feelings right now about being 51. I didn't have any kids, so I don't have any grandkids or kids. So when I'm elderly, I don't know who's going to take care of me. And my dad won't even talk about when he's elderly. My dad is, my mom and dad are each in their 70s. My dad lives in Florida. And my mom lives here near me on Whidbey Island. And they're both very healthy in their 70s. They don't have any serious medical issues. But eventually they're, they're going to become elderly and frail and they're going to get old and pass away. I mean, that's just part of life. Like they might live to 100, but that's about all they're going to live to. And I will be in my 80s when they're 100. So um, some people in my family do live to 100. Uh, my great-grandpa lived to 103. His sister lived to 102. Um, I'm not sure about other relatives, but they have lived into their 90s. On both sides of my family, there's been very, very old people that have survived. Uh, 
I don't have any kids. I don't have any brothers or sisters. So when my parents become elderly, uh, they might need me. My dad won't talk about it. He says it's morbid. Uh, so I feel guilty when I bring it up with him. So I don't even know what his wishes are when he's an elderly person. I guess he'll just figure it out himself because he doesn't tell me. So I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, he has a girlfriend who's younger than me, so maybe she'll take care of him when he's elderly in Florida. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, and then my mom, uh, I kind of know what her wishes are a little bit. I'm not sure. She's in a more financially fragile situation. She might need my help when she's elderly. My dad's probably going to be fine financially. He's going to probably go into a nursing home. I have no idea, but he can afford it. My mom cannot afford that, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm the only child, so I'm going to have to help my parents as they become elderly deal with whatever they need to deal with. And I, don't, I won't know until we get there. And when I'm old, I don't know who's going to take care of me. I guess just some nurses in a nursing home and some old folks, uh, some old folks home. I don't know. For low-income people, who knows? Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to get married. I'm 51, never even been close. I don't really want to get married. I've never really wanted to, to change my name. I like Shannon Kringen. I like my name. I've always wanted to be an artist. Well, I am an artist, but I mean, I've always wanted to do creative work and share it with an audience. Uh, I've always wanted to be famous, as silly as that sounds when I say it out loud. All that means, what does fame, what does fame even mean? All it means is that I've always wanted to communicate with an audience and I've always been shy. So I have this sort of personality that's shy and yet I want to share with people. Like I'm talking into the mic. I'm looking into voice uh, acting work. Uh, I might be too shy to really be an actor, but I'm looking into voice acting and uh, auditioning, etc., stuff like that. But uh, what was I going to say? I'm good at imitating voices, but I don't know if I can like come up with characters and 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 do accents and stay in character and you know do a whole paragraph in character and more than just one lines, etc. So I don't even know if I really want to do that, but I'm looking into that. So what triggered me today was just the lady talking about her elderly mother and then me thinking about I never had kids. I don't see myself getting married to some nice guy who has a big family. I don't, I don't see that happening. I'm dating a guy that I've been dating for five years. Um, he has a, a two siblings and a daughter and two grandkids. That's very different than me. Uh, but I don't feel like I'm going to marry him and join his family. So, But I feel like we're really good friends and we're lovers. So I don't know. Um, he feels more like a partner to me than any other boyfriend. But... I, I just, I don't know if how much of my, my uh, lack of bonding with other people is my post-traumatic stress from my childhood and how much of it is uh, because I'm a bit of a loner and I always have been, even if I was raised in a happier, more stable way, maybe I would still be a bit of a loner. I have a feeling it's both. I might be a little bit high-functioning autistic meaning I'm highly sensitive and I live in my own world and I like a lot of time to myself. I don't enjoy a lot of social activities. Uh, my special interests are my artwork and my music, uh, music of others that I love, like Tom Petty and Tori Amos and Edie Brickell, Neil Young, Bob Dylan. There's tons of great music in the world and I love art and music. I love thinking. I love walking. I love sleeping. I love being by myself in nature. And with my cat, I volunteer at the zoo. So these are all the things I like to do, but I like to do a lot of things by myself. 
Uh, I like to run errands by myself more than running around with other people, although tomorrow my boyfriend and I are going to go to the food bank together, and that's always fun. Um, So thanks for listening, and I just got triggered today. I'm feeling okay. I feel a little bit better after recording my voice. I'm Shannon Kringen. I exist. Uh, We all belong. Everyone belongs somewhere, and this is where I belong, I guess, recording my voice and being a model for, you know, a full-time freelance art model and a medical model and kind of a loner. Uh, Yeah, so thanks for listening. My website is shannonkringen.com. I also do a weekly radio show called Goddess Kring on Hollow Earth Radio and Mixcloud. Go to shannonkringen.com if you want to find more information or just Google Goddess Kring podcast. You'll find it. But um, thanks for listening. Do what you love. Bye for now.